Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the death of Owen Hart. Here's what you need to know. In December 1998, professional wrestler Owen Hart known in the ring as the Blue Blazer, revealed his future plans in an interview with Slam Wrestling. He said, quote, When my contract is up, I'm out of wrestling. I've made plans. I really want to devote a lot of time to my family. I've paid my dues for 12 years now. Only six months later, Owen Hart would fall to his death live on pay-per-view for a wrestling stunt gone wrong that still disturbs friends, family, and fans to this day. Blue Blazer, 
flying into the ring from five stories above. With more than 18,000 people in the arena. Owen Hart fell five stories to his death. Lou Blazer was killed performing a pre-match stunt. Paramedics rush into the ring as pay-per-view TV cameras turn away from the show. This is not a wrestling angle. This is real life. Emergency technicians tried desperately to revive him. Kind of a senseless tragedy, the idea of actually dying in the service of entertaining people. It doesn't seem very appropriate, does it? Hundreds of wrestling fans have gathered here for the funeral of Owen Hart, a who's who from the WWF. All the wrestlers are here, among them Hulk Hogan and some of the biggest names in the sport, to pay their respects to... Wrestling was always in his blood. On May 7th, 1965, in Calgary, Alberta, Owen Hart was the youngest of 12 children born into the Hart family wrestling dynasty. Owen's father, Stu Hart, was a longtime wrestler, booker, and promoter, and all 12 of his kids would grow up to either wrestle or marry wrestlers. Owen entered the family business at a young age and quickly became a prodigy, joining the WWF, now WWE, at the age of 23. His career launched when he joined a storyline with his wrestling superstar brother, Bret Hart, with Owen playing the jealous younger brother. Over the next few years, Owen became a steady presence in WWF's mid and upper mid card during what would be known as the new generation era of professional wrestling. Following Brett's controversial exit from the WWF in 1997, the Federation kept the youngest Hart brother within their ranks, but struggled to find a storyline that fit the athlete. It was the beginning of the Attitude Era in wrestling, which featured edgier, explicit content that the devoted husband and family-focused Owen Hart was uncomfortable portraying. After declining to participate in several storylines, Hart revived one of his old characters, the Blue Blazer, reimagined as a gimmicky, self-righteous heel who objected to new, racy content. Two days before the show, WWF's VP of Operations, Steve Taylor, and WWF head writer, Vince Russo, brainstormed Owen Hart's entrance. With a plan to mock Sting's rafter entrance in WWF's rival, WCW's event, they decided to repel the Blue Blazer in a similar fashion. On May 23, 1999, Owen Hart arrived at Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, to face his opponent, the Godfather, for the pay-per-view event titled Over the Edge. Set to be the third of six matches that Sunday evening, Owen climbed to the top of the rafters and walked the catwalk to position himself above the center of the ring. Instead of rappelling down for a spectacular entrance, Owen found himself free-falling after his harness prematurely released in front of a sold-out crowd of over 16,000 people. As paramedics rushed to the ring, announcer Jim Ross told the audience, quote, This is not a wrestling angle. This was not planned. This is real life. After Owen was rushed to the hospital, the scheduled matches continued as thousands waited for an update on the beloved wrestler's condition. When the program returned from a commercial break, WWE director Kevin Dunn told announcer Jim Ross to give an update, bluntly saying, quote, Owen's dead, and you're back in 10, 9, 8. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. 
Owen Hart was a one-time USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion, a two-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, a one-time WWF European Champion, and a four-time WWF World Tag Team Champion, as well as the 1994 WWF King of the Ring. On May 23, 1999, Owen Hart fell 78 feet and landed chest-first on the top rope, approximately a foot from the nearest turnbuckle. Official reports concluded Owen Hart was dead within minutes, the impact having severed his aorta, which filled his lungs with blood. Owen is survived by his wife, Martha Hart, and their son, O.G. Edward Hart, and daughter, Athena Christie Hart. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest is actually returning uh, one of our all-time favorites, Rebecca Johnson. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, thanks for having me again. So just a reminder to our listeners, Rebecca is a comedian, actor, wrestler on Netflix's Glow, and she's now a writer, director, star of her new short, Wild Bitch, which you can go to her Instagram, at HelloRebecca, to uh, follow on all the updates. Yeah. And, you know, I was so lucky to have Chris Smith uh, be a part of Wild Bitch as well. That's right. What? Was, Chris had... is an actor? He did not. He didn't check one fact that whole day. It was a nice break from my day to day of the facts, fact checking and back to my original love, uh, which the is theater? Well, the act checking. Happy in the act checking. <laughs> yeah. Act checking. Leave the F out of it, baby. I like that. Rebecca, we like to start our show off by asking our guest, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? <laughs> I feel like I'm like outside of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, the other day I was dropping Fred off at school. That's my son. And a man who was dropping his daughter off at school, as soon as she like... Entered the school, he ripped off his mask and just coughed and sneezed no. across the street. No! But it's like, why? Can mm -hmm. you just... Mm -hmm. Hold that was off alarming. a second. I know. It's, I, I, we don't know how this new Omicron variant works, so now I've been particularly alarmed by outdoors... COVID? I think it works pretty well. That's kind of the point. Yeah, that's the, yeah. very effective. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it works well. But in my mind, it's like, well, well, the new change is that we're getting it from being outside because we've all convinced ourselves that we can't get it outside anymore, right? right? Mm -hmm. But right. now that's changing. So every time I'm walking outside and I see someone without a mask, I just imagine the COVID cloud that surrounds yeah. them. <laughs> and this guy was so brash about it, like... Like, he had to wear a mask to, like, do the drop-off, and then was like, as soon as he turned around, just ripped it off. But then the audacity to, first of all, jaywalk mm. across the street, not at a light. Wait a minute. That's very Wait dangerous. You didn't I, that. Jaywalking is very dangerous, but go on. And then be like, <coughs> like, it was like, Wow. Couldn't he was wait really, to do that. yeah, he was drawing attention to himself. He was just really rebelling against this whole life and mandate. Uh, cough into your mask, baby. baby, baby. Yeah, and walk at a crosswalk. Please cross <laughs> yeah. at a crosswalk. Mm -hmm. um, Rebecca, we are so excited to have you on uh, for this, I mean, 
terribly sad um, uh, tragedy, um, but especially because you have so much experience wrestling. Um, yeah. Now, I know and that... doing stunts, like doing, actually yeah. rehearsing stunts, right? Yeah. Um, so well, I did them. What... <laughs> what <laughs> What was your experience um, just kind of like getting into the wrestling world and, 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 you know, rehearsing, starting to learn how to wrestle? How the hell was that? So I feel really lucky that I got to learn in a way that is very different than actual professional wrestlers learn, because I think as an actor who's learning how to wrestle to play a wrestler, you're protected in all the ways that actors are protected. So mm. their main job was to keep us safe to make sure that we didn't actually get hurt, that we look like we're getting hurt, we're not really getting hurt. And so we were really, really protected and we were taught in a way that was so methodically slow. Like first day you're learning how to do rolls. Mm -hmm. The next day you're learning, you know, how to do a headlock. But like everything is all about protection. Whereas what I like what I gleaned from my wrestling teacher is that when you're learning how to be a wrestler, you're really doing a lot of trial and error in terms of you are learning the correct ways, but they don't care so much if you get hurt because some of it is like, that shit hurts mm. and you got to be able to handle it. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you're learning how to do things properly by doing them wrong to some degree because wow. it's like you get hurt a little bit and you know, you got to take it or like if you, if you, you fall like 10,000 times to learn how to fall right. And so they'll teach you, but it's just a little bit more of like push you in the pool and then see if you could swim mm. rather than um, for us, it was like learning how to swim on land for like two weeks before we got in the ring. Before you jumped. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like, you know, we, we learned in this really great way that like I definitely would not want to be in like a true wrestling ring with a real wrestler because I am like a delicate flower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did, you know, I did learn how to do things correctly. And I know that, you know, wrestling is this like cool art form sport that people take extremely seriously. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's always, it doesn't have to be dangerous. Right. But they definitely are tough. They're tougher. It's a, you me. know, and that to me feels like the, the, the first thing we should put up on the board is this tough guy mentality that kind of, uh, what do I want to say here? It's like the, the overwhelming, I'm, I'm thinking of a bubble. It surrounds the the WWE culture. Aura, culture. The culture yeah. <laughs> Thank you for words, people. <laughs> um, so let's let's start because what you're what what I'm I'm hearing is that it doesn't have to be that way, right? There's clearly a very safe way to learn wrestling, but for mm -hmm. some reason, either it's the tough guy culture, or the the fact that they don't want to take the time to properly train these uh, wrestlers, you know, because time is money. And so they probably just have to learn these stunts and get on the ring. Right. I think it's also a fact of like, I think because I don't want to demean what happens. It's like these people take it extremely seriously and they don't want to be like breaking necks left and right. No. Like they they do learn how to take hits and how to hurt, how to wrestle each other without it, you know, really hurting. You're not, it's not UFC. But at the same time, I do think there's an element of like, 
you know, if your back hurts, yeah, your back hurts. Like, you, deal with it. You've been <laughs> flipping onto your back. Yeah, and like not, you know, necessarily making sure that you have time off between to rest and get medical attention. It's like, no, just fucking power through it, wow. baby. <laughs> Rebecca, were there ever times when you, in, in your experience with Glow, felt like uncomfortable or unsafe and like had to vocalize that? I never felt unsafe, but I was always in pain. Mm. But that's at the same time, that was on me. Like, I could have been like, I can't do it, you know? But then that I felt like if I talked about how much my knees hurt or whatever, then I wouldn't get to do those scenes. So I just, like, I had gone to the doctor for tendinitis for my knees, which developed, like, in the beginning of doing Glow, and they were like, yeah, the thing you need to do is, like, stop wrestling. And I was like, so that's not going to happen. What can I do? (laughs) Kind of need to. Yeah. So you you kind of, like, not on purpose or not, uh, you know, you weren't forced into it, but there's the toughness, the tough culture, right? Yeah. Tough culture. There's definitely a tough culture. Yeah. Now, I, I think we should also start off by putting up uh, the WWE up on the board, also formerly known as WWF. This yeah. is according to Wrestling Inc. During a CBS sports interview, Martha, who is uh, Owen's uh, widow, talked about why she holds WWE directly responsible for Owen falling almost 80 feet to his death. She accused WWE of taking cost-cutting shortcuts on performing the stunt, hiring unqualified personnel, and setting off a domino effect of catastrophic choices. And this is what she said. What was happening to Owen when he was sitting in that harness is his circulation was getting cut off and he couldn't breathe. Then the snap shackle that they used, that snap shackle is not meant for rigging humans. It's meant for the sole use of rigging sailboats. It's a sailboat clip that by design is meant to open on load. By the very design of the stunt, it was meant to fail because the weight of Owen on that clip actually made it more likely that it would open spontaneously. She continued, proper riggers have a few things they would never use. First, they would never do a stunt without redundancy. That didn't happen. There was no redundancy. Second, they never, ever let the talent have any control into the stunt. These guys were telling Owen, this cord taped here, don't pull it until you get to the ground. That would never happen. Proper riggers don't rig things this way. The other thing that is WWE is a billion dollar company. Owen never questioned his safety. He thought for sure they were hiring people that knew what they were doing. He was putting his life in their hands and they didn't care. They didn't have any regard for Owen's life whatsoever. They went outside of qualified riggers that had good experience. The WWE lawyer, Jerry McDevitt, issued a statement to CBS Sports in response to Martha's comments. Martha was not even remotely interested in finding out what happened that night. She just wanted to use it as a vehicle to beat up a business that she didn't like that her husband was in, the wrestling business. So that was their um, response to her statements. Yeah, I think that um, it's a it's like a classic corporate culture. Mm. And... Should we put that on the board? Corporate culture? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, for many years, I don't know. I don't know if I could say hundreds, but there are are generations of wrestlers that have wrestled that are fine, you know? And then the WWE is a corporatization of that, like of what was like a carnival type 
sure thing, right. and that was passed down from generations. It's still passed down. I mean, the guy who owns WWE, his kids do it. His like, it's still a family thing. But I do think that there's a corporatization of it, and obviously, they're trying to instead of hiring like the best people for that stunt. Obviously, they cut corners. Yeah. Uh, Chris, can you look up uh, how long wrestling has been around? Because I, I'm now I'm curious, like, did it is this something that has been happening, you know, for thousands of years? Or, or is it a recent art? Or form? yeah, when it transitioned from like, just like, you know, traditional wrestling to this like entertainment type, like Rebecca's right. in, in the Olympics, like oh. in the original, right. the original Olympics, I think. But when did the pomp and circumstance come along? You know what? You want to know when fake wrestling started, basically? Yeah. Whoa. You can't call it fake, it's fake. <laughs> Entertainment wrestling. Entertainment, yes. I'm Fancy wrestling. I'm going to get beat up by some wrestling fans. <laughs> Someone's going to body slam you right she, now on your Zoom Rebecca screen. Rebecca didn't say it. <laughs> Her house is surrounded. Um, yeah, I'm just curious, but it's interesting that it is a family run, not, not family run, but it's like, it's like you're in the family world. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you saw that with your trainers as well. Right. Where, didn't he have a son or a daughter who was also in wrestling? Uh, Chavo Guerrero, his, he's multi-generation. So his uncle wrestled with him. They both wrestled in the WWE, Wow! but then also their dad, uh, was a wrestler and it keeps going back. And then his... Um, his, one of his uncles was the original trainer for the original glow in the 1980s. Amazing. And then he trained us, but he even that he says like they, he was ruthless, like, you know, in terms of those girls, the way they were trained, it was just like, it doesn't matter if you're hurt. Like keep right. going. And not injured to like death, but injured to like, you know, pain, walk it off. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny it's, to think about a family business like you know it's so common that people like you know my son is going to go into the family business but to think about it being wrestling I just don't go there so it's a really funny kind of visual for me and imagine he's like I don't want to wrestle dad I want to be an accountant well, <laughs> well and, I'm and just Chavo's imagining kids don't wrestle yeah Chavo's kids are like going to college and <laughs> Clayton being born into a wrestling family is me really just, making oh. me laugh <laughs> yeah my wrestling coach literally learned how to walk in a wrestling ring in his back Backyard. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, okay. In the uh, United States, it started in uh, 1887, but oh, there's... Uh, you can't say 100 years. Pro wrestling got its start. I guess it's believed to have started in France in, a bit earlier than that. Ah. Oh, the dramatic French. Wee wee. Wee wee. Let's put up the rigor, Bobby Talbert. And this is, again, according to Martha uh, Hart. Uh, In 1998, the company that had rigged Owen was a top rigging company that had rigged Elton John, the Rolling Stones, and they had worked for Disney and MGM in Las Vegas. So they were really renowned. Owen didn't have control over any of the stunt. He was locked in and, and what they call a locking carabiner, which they feel is the only safe apparatus if you're doing these types of descent. Martha Hart, the the widow, said in an, another interview, Martha named Bobby Talbert as the hacker hired after experienced rigger Joe Branham had refused to do the stunt. So this Joe Branham refused to do the stunt. So they hired another guy who would, mm. who said yes. Martha says, first of all, the stunt itself was so negligent. The WWE hired hackers they knew would do anything they wanted when they knew that proper riggers they had hired in the past had told them 
quote, we won't do this kind of stunt. It's not safe. Everything about that stunt was done wrong. The entire setup was wrong. The equipment was wrong. The harness, for example, was meant for dragging people behind a car. It was a stunt harness, but it wasn't meant to be suspend uh, to suspend someone 80 feet above the ground. This is according to Fightful. In an investigative file from the Kansas City Police Department, rigger Bobby Tauber, who was hired by WWE to set up the stunt, revealed that Max Meany, a Mexico wrestler, was supposed to be attached to Owen, but they later decided against performing that stunt. Talbert stated he had done a similar stunt for WCW, where two people were attached together and lowered from the rafters to the ring. Talbert stated that he is the person that decides on what equipment is needed to perform the stunts. He stated all of the equipment was brand new and was purchased from AMS PEC, except for the repelling rope, which was also new, but came off a 600-foot roll of rope. So I I guess uh, Talbert's defense was that it was supposed to be a two-person stunt and then it was decided that it wasn't going to be a a two-person stunt but what martha is saying is that you know a lot of people were like we're not going to do the stunt and then that and that the equipment that was used was not the proper equipment that should have been used it seems like crazy that if anybody's saying we shouldn't do this or if it's supposed to be a two-person stunt and then it's a one-person stunt, well, then you have to make sure that it's okay before you actually do it. Mm-hmm. Right. It also reminds me of like the idea that it, there was a change in the way they were doing things and that there was a respect for like interesting matches with less stunts. And then there became this need for bigger and bigger stunts in order to attract this big audience and it became like you have to do something bigger and bigger mm. and bigger and i think that unfortunately like that led to this mm-hmm. right there's actually a, a term apparently in the wrestling world which I, I i didn't know about it's called kfab oh yeah kfabe kfabe yeah um in the wrestling world of professional re- wrestling kfabe is a word used to describe stage performances and the act of maintaining the illusion outside the ring this is according to sports illustrated Owen had a harder time fitting into WWE's programming when it became more adult-oriented. This is real life, Vince, he told professional wrestler, promoter, and executive Vince McMahon. Real life, my life. It was commonly known that Hart was uncomfortable with WWE's creative direction. Those close to him have said that he was considering retiring when his contract ended in two years. Famously, he declined an angle that would have seen him pursue an affair with uh with the valet deborah valet yeah valet um who was managing his team with Jarrett because of the uh, effect it might have on his children martha uh hart his widow widow said owen was the one guy who was always pushing back i don't want to do this angle i don't want to look like i'm cheating on my wife deborah mm. Um, so this is the, the dark, there's this great dark, uh, docu-series on Hulu called The Dark Side of the Ring, and they have an episode on, on, uh, on this particular, uh, on his death, on Owen Hart's death. And in that documentary, they say, uh, in the new entertainment attitude era, they didn't know what to do with Owen because he was just a great professional wrestler. They kept trying to find something to plug him into. It was that tipping point that we reached at the time where, where, uh, we're not going to use great wrestlers just because they're great athletes and they're great wrestlers. They have to be willing to put on goofy outfits and do skits. 
Well, and the kayfabe thing is like he would have had to pretend he was cheating on his wife for real outside the ring. Right, like, right. like literally. Oh, I understand. When you, when you have that, like in front of anyone who could be a fan, you have to act like you hate the people you hate in the ring. You have to act like you are the heel. You or you are the face, like you act like that. And so I know with the original Glow Girls, they literally did not let the heels and faces be together in real wow. life outside. So if you and they lived in separate areas, so all the bad girls lived together and all the good girls lived together, and they weren't allowed to hang out with each other. So this situation, the kayfabe is is part of tradition. It's not just a WWE thing. But then if WWE is telling you. You have to pretend you're cheating on your wife or you have to do this stunt. You have to do it or you pour the pushback happens and there's big mm-hmm. arguments, but it becomes like it's as if it's a reality show. It feels like a, some kind of like forced entertainment prostitution where you just have to like completely Oof. sell yeah. out and like, you know, you're kind of pushing against what you feel like is against your morals or what you feel like is is right or or something that's more wholesome. And it's like, no, you need to just give every part of yourself for the sake of like some, you know, your fans. So we can create this weird storyline. Like no one's actually caring about the artist, which I feel like happens so often in stories. It's like, who cares about them? Like, it's all about the story. It's all about. And some people love that Mm -hmm. to do that and be a part of that. And then also in the passed down tradition, I think people came up with their own gimmicks. Mm. So if, you wanted to be a heel and you want to pretend you're cheating on your wife, you're choosing to do that. Right. I mean, I don't know what the politics are all the time, but it does feel like Vince McMahon is another person who should go on the board because yeah. he's he notoriously ruthless and really good friends with Donald Trump <laughs> in real life. <laughs> if you Google him, that's one of the first pictures that shows he is up. Yeah. really good friends it's, with him. It's not a good uh, mm. it's not a good look, buddy. Um, uh, but but yes. And he I, I keep thinking about this interview that he did. Um, it was like a press interview after Owen Hart's death. Right. And uh, he goes off on one of these uh, journalists. It's this female journalist. And she's just asking, you know, uh, she's asking one like a simple question about his death. And he's ju- he just like responds like, I don't like your tone. I don't like how you're how you're uh, phrasing that question. It, it was an accident. You know what I mean? And it's she was just like, I, I, when you hear, I, I wish I could remember exactly what the question was. But it's, it's not that, you know, leading of a question. It's just like a a question that it just sounds like a any reporter would ask. Right. And someone just died. Like people are going to have questions. Yeah. But it, it just seemed seemed not only like he what he did not come off as likable, but he also came off as pretty misogynistic because then like another guy asks a question and he answers it, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, let's put him up on the board. Let's also put Vince Russo up on the board. A lot of people think, you know, they connect Owen Hart's death to Vince Russo. So this is according to Jim Cornette from Wrestling Inc. He says, guys can get hurt. They're risking their lives, but that stunt was completely unnecessary. It was something that Owen was asked to do that he was not comfortable with. Still to this day, I blame Vince Russo, like a lot of people do, because of those who don't Because those who don't know, Owen, instead of being able to do a normal entrance into the ring and have a wrestling match, which is dangerous enough, they decided that he would make a superhero entrance and be lowered into the ring in this outlandish costume that Russo booked him to be in and was being lowered by a rigging company that didn't check the rigging 
or whatever there uh, there were lawsuits about. This is, uh, again, according to Martha. The fact that Vince just discarded Owen like he was a piece of garbage and scraped his body, his dead body off the mat and sent wrestlers out to wrestle on a ring where Owen's blood was. It even had broken some of the boards, Owen's fall. So there was a dip in the ring and they could feel where he fell. The police should have stopped the show and they should have done an, uh, They should have investigated immediately. This was a potential crime scene and there's a death here and we can't just let that show go on. So that that's a really um, just tough part of, of this tragedy. The fact that they essentially just like, you know, just hit a pause on the show and then kept going. I feel like we should, there should be something about like the, the fact that the show did go on, right? Like, the, yeah, the show does that? not have to go on. Can we just like change that saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the show, show must go on. Sometimes, the show to go sometimes on. it yeah. doesn't yeah. have to. <laughs> I even think, like, I wonder, like, if on Broadway someone had a heart attack and died in the middle of a show, would they just bring the swing out or would they stop the freaking show? Like, I don't understand in that situation. There's just no, like, human, there's no humanity there. Right. And what about those poor wrestlers that went after? Oh, I mean, I feel so bad. I would be traumatized for the rest of my life. Because how how do you how do you pull yourself together? Even those announcers, you know, their their job. I, I know that there were two of them, and I apologize to wrestling fans everywhere for not knowing their names. <laughs> um, uh, but there was the one who kind of like held down the fort, who was uh, Jim Ross, and I I forget the other one, uh, uh, the other announcer's name, uh, who went actually to Owen's aid. So stood up, left Jim Ross Lawler, like uh, Lawler. Oh, Lawler. Jerry, Jerry Lawler. Lawler. Um, so uh, uh, he goes to Owen's aid and then it comes back and it, you know, Jim Ross describes him as being like white as a ghost. And he just knew what would ha- what happened was bad. And they just had to be on camera and 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 continue to hold their composure like that. How do you do that? Mm-mm. I do think because things that things happen sometimes, kind of like in the NFL or whatever, where something horrible happens and then they do continue the game. Like I went to a WWE match where one guy, uh, there was an accident because it wasn't definitely not on purpose. One guy's teeth ended up getting pushed back no. up into his gums, right? No. In front of me. Like I was front row. Oh. And he just spit all the blood out. And continued to wrestle. Jeez. And then afterwards, we like went backstage and like talked to his partner, like his wrestling partner. And, um, you know, it it hurt in the moment, but he just had all the adrenaline. He kept going. And I think that that is it is a dangerous what you're watching is could the potential to be dangerous. And that's why you're watching it. It's thrilling, kind of like football or, you Mm -hmm. know, boxing Mm -hmm. or something. Um. In this circumstance, it was way more dangerous than it should have been. Yeah. You know, but there is know, that feeling of like you get hurt, your teeth go in your gums and you keep going. Like uh, there was blood all over the ring. Like, and you could see the refs go out. They talk to them, but they're like still pretending. They, they do this thing where they're like whispering to the wrestler, but they pretend they're like yelling oh, at people. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was still happening. You and know? they're just being like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing? Exactly. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you know what's my kind of danger? Ballet. 
because it's like <laughs> can be dangerous. You get dropped. You you can get dropped and like oh those twists can ankle. really hurt. You yeah. know when you're on your point. You know. Mm. And, and, but you nobody know, goes you to the ballet. <laughs> nobody goes to the ballet like this is going to be like a death defying <laughs> risk fest. It's like no, it's right. going to be like a beautiful graceful thing. No, it's my like, it's my choice of Cirque du Soleil well, that, has that. that yes, I don't want to see that. Cheerleading. Oh. Cheerleading. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. Yes. So <laughs> scary. No, no. I prefer ballet. Swan Lake. Um, I also think we should put entertainment over safety up on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is... Uh, uh, okay, this is interesting. Martha Hart, the widow, says, The way Owen had been rigged previously, they felt looked a bit clumsy, a bit sloppy. And what they wanted was a quick release. As soon as you hit the ground, you just release and you go immediately. It was to save like two seconds of the setup. So uh, apparently he had uh, performed a variation of the stunt um, earlier. And there happened to be like there was a a slow release clip or something. And it was just like a little slower. They couldn't get it off. And it perhaps like threw people off. Um, And so for this pay-per-view, they wanted to... Um, you know, just smooth that out. But it's like, who cares for the? I think that makes sense. It's because it's happening for an audience and also at home. And it's like, it's such a. I feel like that's, and it's only going to be done once, right? So it's not like in Cirque du Soleil they do the same show over, 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 Mm. over. This is going to be done one time, and so it is part of that kayfabe thing of you want it to seem as real as possible, so the quicker things can happen, Mm. but you can't not have safety. No. Uh, Safety first that. always. Right. <laughs> Safety first and the show can stop sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Get into ballet, people. And these guys are performers. <laughs> if they have to vamp, they'll vamp while he comes down from the raptors and enters from the ground. There's got to be a creative way to, you know, hide that. Hey, get, here's, a, here's a pitch. Get those referees to huddle up against him once he comes into the ground and pretend like they're yelling and then... <laughs> There you go. He's got two seconds to take the clip off. It's just like, wanna, think about it for a second. I want to su- suggest something based on what you said earlier, Rebecca, that he, you know, his widow is saying this is a billion dollar company and mm-hmm. he's just putting his trust in the, you know, that this huge company is, has his best interest in mind. I don't know really how to frame it, but it's just like, Green? almost like, well, that, but yes, but like more like if you're him. I would, I could imagine being in that situation and kind of being fearful, questioning their intentions or their ability to protect me. It's almost like, I don't, I'm not going to just assume, like, am I being too much of a pain by being like, I'm not sure. I just want to double check. Like, I can imagine just being like, no, they're the, they're the people in charge. Who am I to question authority? Like, yeah, always question that, that, that just makes me, think about those very difficult decisions sometimes we have to make where we feel unsafe but right. we don't want to be feel embarrassed or to make someone else feel bad or to upset our boss or to you know xyz right what for whatever reason we do it at the time and and we choose not to speak up because you know we but but the thing is, is like you have to be your own advocate, right? And if you feel like something is unsafe, it doesn't matter right. what your boss wants you to do or how so embarrassing you think. How do you, be. It's like I don't. It's certainly not Owen Hart's fault. So I don't want to say it was his fault for not speaking up for himself. But it's more like what is it like the hierarchy? Like, 
like hierarchy trumping like safety or or I don't know how oh, to phrase it. I, I see you know what, what I mean? you mean. Yeah, yeah like because I think it goes back to their culture again. Because it's like I don't think that he was in a position where he could say. I don't feel safe right? because especially if he's pushing back on storylines and all that right. stuff. And the whole thing is you're supposed to be like this badass like this, you know, and so the idea of questioning, I don't know that that would have been allowed. So like maybe not everybody really, can. Yeah. Maybe there's this corporate culture. Maybe that's ultimately what that would be yeah. wrapped up into. So I feel like, is there anything else we want to put up on the board? Um, uh, I feel like we have a pretty good list going. Um, not, not anything that I can think of. Okay, well, then let's take a break and then we'll start crossing things off the list. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, who's to blame for the death of Owen Hart? Is it tough guy mentality? The WWE? Corporate culture? Rigor, Bobby Talbert? Kayfabe? Vince McMahon, Vince Russo, more humanity and entertainment. The show does not have to go on <laughs> or entertainment over safety. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, I like more. The show does not have to go on. <laughs> um, more entertainment, uh, more humanity and entertainment. <laughs> it's like, uh, I know we don't want to be thrown off, but when you're watching a, a live performance, it's like, we know that it's fake, right, people? We know well, that. And you know when you're uncomfortable, like when you're watching something and then you suddenly feel like something's wrong and they're not really taking care of the audience. That, at least for me, I'm like, oh, I don't like, this is not right. Like this, is, they're not really, it's supposed to be an illusion. You're supposed to be like in on it. If you feel like you're watching something that's irresponsible, it becomes a completely different experience as a viewer. That's I true. think the hard thing in retrospect is that you it could have worked. And then we would never have known that it wasn't safe. And it's like, 
I think ultimately, like, ultimately there's going to be all these illusions that seem unsafe, but it's an illusion. And so I think just making sure that there's safety protocols is like the most important thing. Yeah. Lack of safety protocols maybe should go up on the board. And then I think that we can uh, 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 fold the show doesn't not have to go on into entertainment over safety because as we know, safety first. Mm -hmm. I want to take off tough guy mentality only because I think in this instance, what you have is not somebody uh, sort of covering up their injuries or sort of just trying to get through it. In this instance, what you have is, you know, you got a guy who is trying to find a character that will fit into this sort of current trend of um, pro wrestling, of an edgier style or some, you know, and, and, and you have a writing team sort of doesn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just is, it's, I think it's a, it's a different thing than, than tough guy mentality. Right. This, uh, I also, yeah. I also think we should take kayfabe off because kayfabe is, has been part of entertaining entertainment wrestling since it started. And plenty of people do illusions and stunts and don't get hurt. I think mm-hmm. it's not the act of kayfabe itself that causes something like this. No, I agree. Although I will say though, that, you know, I think part of this, um, what made Owen Hart sort of Owen Hart was that he was resistant to kind of that, or he was very sensitive to those kind of things, like having to carry over these storylines into his real life. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so the kayfabe as sort of like a symbol for, um, you know, this, the illusions that these guys sort of, uh, or the journey, you know, the storylines or whatever, like the new era of wrestling yeah. that he was suddenly yeah. thrust into. Yeah, exactly. That, that to me is part a, a big part of the story. I agree. It's not to blame here in this instance, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, a big part and unfortunate part of this, it's just sort of like a dramatic, what makes it so sad to me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like the attitude era. Um, in yeah. terms of like the part he didn't like is the adi- the change to that attitude era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrestling. It's like more aggressive, more stunts. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So should we, I, I also think we might want to take Vince Russo off as well because I mean, he, he, he was the writer essentially. He's the one who's coming up with the um, storylines. Uh, and while, you know, that that was just, I guess, the job at the time. Mm. It's not like he. He didn't d- say put him in an unsafe harness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to write. Some I, horrible tragedy and then people wrestle out. Right. Like, and it's not Rebecca's, his job to set the carabiner up. And right. to Rebecca's yeah. point, there have been many stunts like this in the past that have been written and went off without any problems. So there's something bigger going on here, I feel. And. You know, we st- uh, the 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 rigor. I mean, it's not looking good. I don't know. Right. I don't know that there's enough. Like, I think what part of this settlement of eighteen million dollars that um, WWE gave to um, Owen Hart's family was to cover up exactly what happened. I don't think we know, do we? Like, the facts aren't all there of exactly what happened. Well, right? and a big part was that they didn't stop 
the, I mean, it, it was a crime scene. It is, I, I, I understand what could she's saying. Been. It could have been, but like it continued and there was no real investigation. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of like, it's like the show must go on on steroids. It's like, we can't, <laughs> well, we that's can't exactly go through literally. A, a lawsuit. Like we can't go through a lawsuit that's going to reveal certain things that are going to poke holes in this like illusion that we have of everything under control. So I feel like the WWE is, like as a whole, it to me feels like the most one to blame because they're like it's their culture that they've created. It's specific to like this situation that all of the things happened. Like the reason right. why it wasn't the top professional rigors, why it wasn't double checked, mm-hmm. why they wanted it to be a faster release, like why the show went on and there was no police. Like right. that's Vince McMahon and WWE is one. Right. And, and corporate, the, just the corporate culture and the, the decision to pick that particular rigor, even though the other one uh, who was more experienced just said no. Um, it just kind of all fold, folds into the particular corporate culture of WWE. So yeah. I think we can fold those in. And then I think, so here's what I'm thinking. I think we, we send WWE to the alarmist jail and I think we slap entertainment over safety. Because safety should always be first. Right? I, I agree. And and I guess with this slap, we are we are slapping Vince uh, sorry, we are sending Vince McMahon to the alarmist jail. He's the same. He's he is the epitome of WWE. Mm, right. Right. He ushered in this sort of era of like um just crazier storylines, like more intense characters, like you know, I don't know if there's like a, you know, wrestling, you know, people who just enjoy the pro wrestling for the um, like athletic uh-huh. and the technicality of the moves. Um, and then there's like this other thing where he tried to bring it into more of the mainstream, which he did quite successfully. Uh-huh. He brought it into the mainstream by creating these you know, iconic characters and, and these sort of, um, what's it called? These, uh, um, uh, you know, just, you know, these broad, these, these dramatic storylines, dramatic storylines. Story yeah. 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 Creating legends. Styles He's creating like wrestling legends who have a legacy <sighs> after their career. You remember like the Hulk Hogan's forever. Right. So I guess, it's settled, right? Let's yeah. go ahead and call it. Entertainment over safety. You're getting the big slap. The WWE. You're going to the alarmist jail. I mean, what a sad. Uh, it just feels so sad and, un- and unnecessary. This totally. Death. Mm. And that's the worst part about it. Anytime someone's dying because of an entertainment reason, it feels completely... Mm-hmm horrible yeah it's so tragic it just it really should not be that way we should not uh, entertainment is entertainment <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's for it's fun not life or death no it shouldn't and it should be. be entertaining for the performer too right mm-hmm. yes let's let's all have fun let's all be safe um it's just not worth it 
So, uh, Rebecca, I mean, thank you so much for helping us get to the bottom of, of this terrible tragedy. I mean, I can't tell you how valuable your wrestling expertise is. I never thought I'd say that sentence, but <laughs> you're like a wrestling expert. <laughs> Just for context, I've known Rebecca for a long time and wrestler was not a, a yeah. turn. I, I saw her life going in. We did not yeah. meet her as a wrestler. No, no. the day before I got glow, you would never believe that in five years I'd be the wrestling expert. Maybe pies in the face, like expert, like throwing sure. a pie in the face. I would have. Yes. Yes. And that was... I don't think anyone's ever died doing that. No. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> oh god i can think of a million ways mm. now yeah. an anthrax pie <laughs> oh god no okay well thank you so much rebecca <laughs> thank you in the aftermath of owen hart's death soon after the tragedy Widow Martha Hart filed a wrongful death lawsuit against WWE, which was settled out of court for approximately $18 million on November 2nd, 2000. In December 2000, she established the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing Chuck the Groundhog's death. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.